Welcome to Nice Minds, everybody. I am your host, Brandon McCollum, also known as BMC. I am with one half of the Wiseman show today, Jake Faircloth. How you doing, my dude? I'm okay, man. I'm doing well. How are you? Word, I'm doing well myself. So I've been a fan of your guys' show for a while, probably since the very beginning. Um, I've been following you guys a lot, and it's crazy because I don't know if you remember this, but I was actually mentioned on your show, which was pretty funny. Um, you guys interviewed uh, my dudes, the Bottle Kids. I don't know if you yes. remember that. Yeah, so yep. they they were a part of Nice Entertainment, my label, and it's super funny because I actually saved the clip, and they mentioned me, and you, you thought that Nice Entertainment was Adrian Peterson's label which yeah. I thought was hilarious. I just, I got a good laugh out of that. So that was, that was funny. But um, yeah, man. So how'd you get started with, uh, with music and like the Wiseman show and stuff? Basically, um, I'll start from the very beginning before podcasting was really even a thing. Joe, uh, so Joe is a, Joe is a few years younger than me. And so I was working at, uh, I was working in a warehouse. I was managing a warehouse and, um, he was part of the, the, uh, whatever the high school program that they would do that, you know, the after work come in and work part-time or whatever. And so he came in to work for me basically. And, um, I didn't like him at first. I thought he was just a little punk. And, uh, that was, I was for no reason at all. Just, he just looked like he was a punk. Um, and so then I started to kind of talk to him more and I realized that he was, uh, not only was he a hip hop head, but, he actually had a pretty deep appreciation for what you would call, I guess, old school hip hop. Um, and so that was back when, you know, disc man, disc man was a thing and I had a thick book of CDs. Yeah, and so I started kind of int introducing it. Actually that book of CDs still exists. Joe has it in his possession. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of started to introduce him to more, um, more of like the old school, I guess, it's weird for me to call it old school, but more of the old school hip hop. And um, so we kind of forged a relationship based on, on that. And then, you know, as time went on, Joe went off to, you know, um, start his career in the car business. And I stayed at, I was still in the warehouse. I was there for nearly 13 years. Um, and one day I don't even, I don't even know how it happened. I think I was listening to, I was listening to the breakfast club. And I heard Charlemagne mention his podcast. And so I was like, oh, you know, what the hell, what's a podcast? I'd heard, I, you know, I'd heard the word podcast. I just didn't really think anything of it. And uh, this would have been probably, I don't know, seven, eight, eight years ago, probably like 2012, 2013, around that time. And so <clears throat> I'm like, okay, well, I like Charlemagne. I like his edginess as far as being, you know, how he is as a broadcaster. So let's go see, let's go see how he is on the more, you know, in the unedited, in the unedited world. Yep. And so I found brilliant, I found brilliant idiots. And then through brilliant idiots, I found, um, you know, Joe Budden podcast in the very early, early days. And then I found, which to me is the greatest podcast of all time and the greatest podcaster slash broadcaster of all time in the combat Jack show. When I heard combat Jack, it was like, Holy shit. I need to check that out. I've never seen that. Oh man whole back catalog rip combat jack he actually died uh, oh, wow. of colon cancer yeah it, it was tough tough because that's you know even as an adult that he he became a, a big a big um i don't want to say idol but uh 
big motivator and I mean, yeah, idol. I, de I definitely idolized him. I, I still do. Um, so yeah, then I got into the combat Jack show. And once I got into the combat Jack show, it was like the wheels started turning because Joe and I had always discussed, we'd always had deep discussions about music. Anytime new music came out, it was kind of like a ritual, even no matter where we were at, we would get to, we would come together and we would listen to music together. If, you know, a new album came out, we'd get together, drive around, smoke some weed, listen to the new album and kind of dissect it, break it down a little bit. And so after I found podcasts, I tried to kind of tell him like, Hey man, there's this thing that people are doing now podcasting and we could do it. We could basically start our own radio show. So all these conversations that we have riding around in the car talking about music, we could do that shit with microphones and people might listen to it. We might be able to make money off of it. Might be able to make a career out of it. And so he's, he really scoffed at that. Um, he's like, I don't, I don't know what a podcast is. That's ridiculous. Um, but um, I believe it was 2015. Uh, the game released the documentary too. Yep. And we we're both, we've both been very big fans of the game. I'm still really big fan of him musically. And so we got together, drove around and listened to the album. Great album, by the way. And at the end of at the end of the night, he went to drop me back off at my spot, and I just we pulled up in the parking lot, and I just said, "Dude, I think we got to do this podcast thing." And he was like, "I don't, I don't really know anything about it, but fuck it, let's try it." So I believe it was just the next week; it might have been the next day, for all I remember. Uh, we went and bought a little, or no, we didn't even buy anything at first. We just used my phone at first. We downloaded an app called the Spreaker app, oh, and wow. he had like a he had like a spare bedroom in his house, so I went to his house. We had no idea what we were going to do, what we were going to talk about. So we decided that what we'll do is we'll take, we'll do a half hour. Our first episode will be a half hour and we'll be, and we'll start breaking down each of our top 10 MCs, starting with 10 going through six. And then the second episode will be five through one. So we did that. Those episodes are still available out there somewhere at the gun SoundCloud. Ter just awful, terrible episodes. Yeah. But, but um, you know, it kind of broke broke the ground for us and um i'm trying to think of how, exactly how it happened so we did those two episodes and then i think yeah he had a he had kind of a an acquaintance i don't know if you're familiar with uh with ace ace yeah yep i i actually know him uh, way back in the day um we were maybe gonna like start a crew like i've always wanted to start a label and um, me and uh, have you heard of Nemo the Hooligan? He's a DJ around here. Yep, um, for sure. He's, he's one of my best friends. We went to high school together. Um, and we were gonna start Hooligan Music at one point, and ACE okay. was actually gonna be a part of it. So hmm. I, I mean, I only met him a couple times, but we were we were kind of, if I remember correctly, if that's the story, maybe maybe it was, it was something like that. But I mean, he, we were definitely in talks of like joining forces with him and doing stuff like early, early on in his career. So that's what's okay. up. So yeah, that's, so that's, that's my bro. He actually became a really, he ended up becoming a really close friend of mine. Um, and I was introduced to him through Joe because Joe knew him as an artist. And so we brought him on, we brought him on. I don't remember if it was him first or if it was Abhinav first, but we had one of them two on as a guest because we just wanted to bring on a guest. And that introduced us to basically the fact that we have, a hip hop scene here. We didn't really know before that. The only thing I knew about hip hop in Minnesota was atmosphere. Yeah. And I wasn't, I've never really been that big of a fan of atmosphere. So it was like, you know, we were introduced to like baby shell. Mm -hmm. And once I heard, once I heard baby shell, we literally started the podcast almost right as baby shell dropped baby shells world. 
And when I heard Baby Shell's World, I was like, yo, they're rapping like this in Minnesota. I hadn't like I had no idea. Hell yeah. And then and then from there it was like, okay, Big Wiz. I knew who Big Wiz was. I was familiar with Big Wiz. Never really got into his music at the time at the time I hadn't gotten into his music, but I knew who he was. And then it was like all of a sudden there was this like flood of artists that we're finding we keep finding out about. And before you know it, we became a guest base podcast for Minnesota artists. It wasn't really ever the plan, it just kind of naturally happened. Um, and I think the specific moment where we really made the true transition to that was in, I believe it was January of 2016, Lyric Marid invited us to his, uh, release, his release show for Power Moves at the Caboose. And we ended up setting up our whole shop there in the green room. It was insane. Like we met Jay Plaza that night. We went, we met Lyric that night. We met Reed Benjamin that night. We met Saeed Brown. We met John X. We met, I mean, it was like a lot of like people that are still heavy, considered to be heavy hitters here in the local scene. Absolutely. And so that's, when it, that's when it just became like, it was like the light went off. It was like, okay, this is a, this is something that we're missing here. We don't have this as far as we knew. Yeah. Let's, let's fire it up. Let's go. Let's, and then, you know, it's kind of been, full steam ahead since then um so that's how it started that's what's up yeah that's crazy i mean so, so many different friendships were built just off of rolling around listening to music back in the day i mean i don't i don't roll around with friends near enough anymore so i don't know if that still goes down <laughs> but like you know we'd always have our our big ass thing of cds and we'd just you know yeah. peel through it and just you know pop it in and going to you know best buy or the local record store or whatever like every uh, tuesday at the time because cds That's came out fact. on tuesday yep, yep. so yep. yeah dude and I, I didn't even realize that you weren't really that familiar with the local scene at first that's crazy yeah i think a lot of people a lot of people just assume that we've yeah i think people think that we've been around longer than we have but we really didn't get really we didn't hit like we didn't really hit the ground running until 2016 like that's we did quite a few crazy. we did quite a few episodes before that with no guests Wow. It was just Joe and I, and we would talk about, we would talk about, you know, mainstream hip hop. We talk about Drake. We talk about, uh, you know, fucking Lil Wayne. We talk about yep. Snoop. We talk about, you know what I mean? It was, a, we did quite a few episodes with no guests. Wow. That's interesting. That's, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, even me, yeah. I've been in the local scene since like Oh four. Um, mm -hmm. but I'm a hella introvert. So nobody really knew, knew who I was until I feel sure. like recently the last, you know, five years or so. So that's that's dope though. Um, so what? Who who do you say has been like your favorite guest or like reoccurring guest to talk to? Ooh, or like you know, um, maybe, maybe top five guests or something like that. One of my favorite episodes that we've done. I'm gonna give you just. I'll give you a couple of my favorite episodes. Um, it's hard, it's tough because we've done like 230 now, 220 something. But one of my favorite episodes was the one that we did with um, Amir Abdullah from the Vikings, Minnesota okay. Vikings running Word. back, Amir Abdullah. Um, such a, just such a genuinely nice guy. And like, you wouldn't, um, you know, it's, you never really know what to expect with professional athletes or like, yeah. you know, like famous people, I guess you would say, you know, yep. um, but he was such a, just a genuinely nice guy down to earth dude and just a like a really deep thinker so we ended up doing i think like a three and a half hour episode with him that's what's um, up. 
and kind of forming a relationship with him. Like I talked to him on a fairly regular basis. He texts me like, I think it was like week 12 this year. He texts me back while he was in the locker room. Like I wasn't expecting him to text me back. I text him something. And then all of a sudden I got the text back at like 1140. And I'm like, don't y'all play at noon? Like, wow. So he's like in the locker room responding to me. So just a super good dude. And then, um, so that was a really fun episode. I would definitely recommend people go listen to that because we talked about some pretty, we talked about, we didn't talk a whole lot about sports and stuff. We talked, talked about a lot of other stuff. Um, That was a really fun one. My other, another one that I just, that I kind of hold close to my heart is the episode that we did with Macker. And that was about a year ago because, because of the backstory. So when we first started kind of getting guests on the show, we had a connection with someone, Joe had a connection with someone that knew Mac Irv. And at the time, Mac Irv was kind of bubbling and it's, he felt like one of those, one of the bigger artists out of the city. Yeah. Like it was, it would, it would have been, it would have been a really big guest for us to get at that time. Yeah. I feel like Mac Irv is still like that. I mean, I, I would just, he definitely is. I was just recording another one last night and Mac Irv was mentioned on that one too. So, I mean, yeah, he's still very relevant. He definitely is. He definitely is. And I think, yeah. So I think, so at that time, just because of, you know, where we were at, like we were really nobody at the time. So that would have been a really big guest for us to get. Hell yeah. And we ended up, we ended up booking him and there was some miscommunication and he ended up bailing on us like a couple hours before the pod. And like, we made a big deal out of this. Like, we like we promoted the fact that he was going to be on the show before it happened. Yep. Um, I bought went out and bought him like a specific bottle of alcohol that he wanted and he bailed on us. And because I kind of went to this, you know, the broadcasting school of, you know, the Charlemagne broadcasting school, um, I saw it as an opportunity to, uh, I don't know, start a little something because yeah. I was upset. I was upset. Yep. Joe and I were both upset. So, we started kind of taking little pop shots at him and, you know, we would uh, put, we would take pictures of the bottle, the bottle that we got for him with our other guests. And we were kind of, you know, we were kind of taunting him a little bit. And then because he never like rescheduled or tried again, we started talking about him and we weren't, we didn't speak about him very favorably and that got back to him. And so there was like this kind of like unspoken beef between us and Mac Irv for wow, like probably three, three and a half years, I would say. Wow. And then, and then finally I reached out to Mac personally and I just told him, like, we still supported him. That's the one thing that I'm very proud of about the Wiseman show is even if we don't, if we don't like you or if you did something to rub, rub us the wrong way, we still support you. Right. Because that's what we do. That's our job. Um, so I reached out to Mac one day, I think probably about a year and a half ago. I just said, Hey man, like, I'm just going to come to you as a man and just let you know that all that, whatever all that shit was back in the day, you know, I apologize. It was, we were, it was wrong. It was childish. We probably could have just had a conversation. Um, we would love to have you on the show. And so he kind of, you know, he accepted the, the apology and said, yeah, you know, when I'm ready to come out on the show, we'll do the show. And then about a year ago, he was getting ready to release the album that he's finally going to release. I think in you know a couple of days now, Dope. uh, he was getting ready to release it. So he agreed to come to do the show. Um, I've had the album for over a year. Sick. Um, it's not, I don't think it's exactly the same. I think he switched up a few things, but um, he finally came out to do the show and we were able to really, 
uh, truly face-to-face squash whatever was between us on the episode. So during the episode, which was important to me, I wanted yeah. people to see it, see it and hear it. And it was an interesting thing to find out, you know, where he was at from his perspective. And it turns out all that shit that we were doing, he didn't even see it. He didn't even know that we were taunting him. Oh, he wow. knew that we were talking. He knew that we were saying some shit about him, but yeah. like he didn't know that we were like we were taunting him with like the bottle. We didn't. He didn't know any of that. He's like, oh shit. He's like, if I'd have known crazy. that, I might, not, I might not even be here now. But yeah, so it was cool. So and now we have a good relationship with Mac. I really love. I love Mac. He's a super good guy. Really talented dude. And this album is. It's insane. It's going to be the one. I need it's to check be the it out for sure. Yeah. So that's that's one. That's those are two of my favorite episodes. I have a ton of favorites, but you know, there's so many episodes that I could say because of my personal experience. I like the people. To, I'd rather you know. I prefer the people to say what their favorites are because yeah. like I know what I I know what I felt. I know what I experienced. Right. But, you know, like uh, Solo Star is another one where I just I just liked her. Like there was just something, there was just a vibe coming off of her that I just really liked. I've heard um, of her. I, I I never heard any of her stuff, but I've definitely heard the name. Yeah, she's well. For one, she's extremely talented, um, but she just has a vibe about her. It's funny. I actually spoke to her today about that. She's just special. You can just tell when you're around her. She's just special, and there was a vibe. I think her and I kind of had a vibe between each other. Like I remember, I told her today that at the end of the night that after that episode, I went home and I told my wife that I felt I might've fallen a little bit in love with her. So <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but you know, and then there's always obviously the obvious ones, the kind of the bucket list one was red man. Red. That oh, was yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah. That, that experience that. was, yeah, that was crazy. That whole experience was crazy. It almost didn't happen. And then it did happen and it was crazy. And it was a cool interview. We were so, the problem that I have with like that interview, as well as like the Busy Bone interview, the Dizzy Wright interview, and the Devin the Dude interview is, we were so, it was so early, we just weren't very good at what we did. We weren't very yeah. good at our job. Like if I had the opportunity to interview those guys again today, oh man, it would be an incredible interview. Yeah, they'd be, it would be so much better. But still, I mean, still obviously great experiences. And yeah. and to be honest. Redman was one of like my, I was a, like, I'm, I've been a huge fan of Redman forever. That's a bucket list interview. What was that? I, I beat at back in the day, like 98. I'll be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll yep. be that. That was my shit yep. back in the day when I was yeah. like 13 and that shit came out. Yep. That was my, that was my jam, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they say never meet your idols and uh, because you know, they'll disappoint you, but Redman did not, he did not disappoint, man. He was exactly who I thought he was. And he was that all the way through. And he told me, he told us, it's actually in the interview. He tried to cut the interview like twice. He's like, I got to go. I got to catch a flight. And then something would draw him back in. Oh, wow. To, you know, to keep, you know, to keep him. And like, I, I titled the episode, fuck you, because I asked him to, I asked him to give us his top five dead or alive. And he looked me dead in my face and he went, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That was a, that was a moment for sure. That was a moment. And that was, you know, we, I don't know if you know that people know this. We interviewed Dizzy Wright. Devin the dude and Redman all in the same night. Yeah, I think Joe mentioned that. It was yeah. like after a show or something, right? During and after, yeah. Oh, during. Well, actually, it was, wow. One was one was before the show started. We interviewed Dizzy right before the show started. We interviewed Devin the dude while the show was happening, and then we interviewed wow. Redman very late after, like they were trying to kick us out of the venue. We got lucky. 
Wow. So did you just bring your gear and like post up in like a back yeah. room or something? We had or... the whole setup. Actually, what was crazy is because we got there so early, um, they set us up in the in the artist green room, except for Redman. Redman had a separate green room because he's a little bit of a bigger celebrity than the other right. two. But they set us up in the other, the artist green room. And because we got there so early, we were the first ones that had access to that green room. So we just decked it out and took it over. So by the time Dizzy Wright and his crew showed up and Devin and his crew showed up, that bitch looked like the Wiseman showroom. It didn't look like anything other than the Wiseman showroom. We had our shirts hanging up. We had our mics. Like we had everything. It was all set up when they walked in. So it looked official when they walked in. That's dope. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was dope. So, uh, yeah, I know you guys started like a Patreon, right? How how's that been going? Like, how's the like transition into that? Huh. That's a it's a complicated answer because it's been good. Um, it's nice to see, you know, even if it's not the amount of money you feel like you deserve, it's nice to have some income. You know, Hell yeah. what we're making is better. Like what we're making now is what better than what we were making before, which is mm-hmm. exactly exactly zero. Um, it's been if I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, I'm working on, I'm working on being, I've always been an honest guy, but I'm working on, I'm going through some personal stuff that is kind of, uh, I'm going through a, an, an actual, you know, people talk about being woke. Yeah. I'm going through an actual awakening right now. I've suffered yeah. a, tra- a major tragedy in my life. Um, sorry to hear that. that is, it's, I appreciate it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's making, it's going to make me better, better as a person. So Absolutely. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, but I'm working on, you know, I've always, I've always, not only myself, but I think the people that know me as a public figure kind of expect a certain level of honesty out of me. Yep. And I've always felt like I have been that person until very recently when I realized, yes, I have the tendency to be honest and sometimes blunt, but it's hard to explain, but there's the honesty that I've been giving for the last five years, actually for the last probably 25 years of my life is not full on unfiltered honesty. Yeah. And so I'm trying really hard to work on being, it's, it's more about, let me, uh, let me run that back. I've been kind of lying to myself, not intentionally, but it's just kind of something that happened through my life. I don't know. I don't even know why I'm still trying to figure that out. Yep. And so, you know, when you tell yourself a story, and then that story becomes your narrative in life. Absolutely. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta kind of got, break yourself down to build yourself back up to the person that you're, you were always supposed to be. So that's what yeah. I'm doing right now. So I'm going to be completely honest with you right now about this Patreon thing. We did it under extreme hesitance, but we got to the point where we hit the five year mark and it felt like something has to give here or else we might have to hang it up yeah. because it takes a lot of time Absolutely. and I am putting in, if you combine everything with the social media aspect and the, you know, the, the editing, you know, the, the cutting room floor aspect and the actual recording process, plus the amount of time, which is, this is the one thing that people don't talk about enough. When you do a guest based podcast, the amount of time that you spend dealing with guests, potential guests, trying to book guests, trying to work around schedules and trying to make sure that things work out the amount of time you spend on that is no joke. Yep. So I have been putting in probably at one point I was tracking my hours on how much I work on the Wiseman show and I was putting in 80 hours. Wow. Yeah. I had to cut that down to about 60. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. 
and and very recently I probably had cut it down closer to 40. But that's a full-time job. Plus I'm balancing yeah. my home life. I have four children, you know, my wife and her job and it's like there's there's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And so a lot. Um, yeah, and and I've very and I very recently re- realized uh, this has been impacting my life negatively for a very long time. Um, yeah. So I say all that to say the Patreon thing was something that we kind of did. Well, I'll speak for myself, not for Joe. A little bit out of frustration. It was like yep. something needs to happen here. Um, so let's just make this move. So we made the move. Um, you know, we have a good amount of loyal fans that are really hanging on um, and have no problem. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's really difficult because you know, you know, everybody out there has got five bucks. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, you got five bucks. You sp- yeah. I spend five bucks on, on fucking water every day. Right. You know what I mean? Like you got five bucks. Yep. Um, and it didn't take off the way that I thought it should. Yeah. I feel that. Um, yeah. It was a no brainer for me, for me to support you guys with, with that. I mean, like, yeah. And um, I appreciate, I appreciate it. I saw that you guys were doing that. And I mean, you guys put so much love and energy into the scene. I mean, I told Joe this, but I, I feel like you guys are absolutely necessary and have been for the last five years. I mean, listening to your guys' show, I, I feel like your guys' show, a lot of people do the interview thing, but you, you guys do it so well. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the cities that do it better than you guys. That, that I appreciate you know, it. Like, with the branding, with... um the interactions with the way you guys, you know, come across. So it's, it's a no brainer. And I, that, that is, you know, it's tough to hear that, that, you know, people weren't super quick to jump on that. Yeah. It's one of those age old, uh, algebra problems. You got to figure out how to make people want to part ways with their $5. Yep. It's, and it's, and for whatever reason, it's, it's tough to do. You know what I mean? It's not that people don't like the product, Right. Um, it's not people don't want the product. It's not, you know, but it's just tough to get people to go put in that payment information. That's really Absolutely. all it is. It's not that the, if, if, if you could, if they could just walk up to you and hand you a $5 bill, they would do that shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been frustrating. Um, and then, and then you got to find a way to draw the line between, okay, guys, why are more people not subscribing? And thank you so much to all the people that have subscribed. You yep. don't want to, you don't want to alienate the people that, that are paying that five to 10 yep. to 20, 30, you know what I mean? Like it's tough to do that because then you start to make pe- the people that are paying feel like, Oh, like y'all don't appreciate us. Like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's tough and it can come off as, eh, you know, it can come off as a little selfish and maybe, yeah, you know, but, um, yeah, I told you that I might I might be willing to open up about this tonight, and I think I I will take this opportunity to just let you know that, unfortunately, with what's happening in my personal life, as of right now, the Wiseman Show is no more. Okay. Which I know is unfortunate. I know people don't want to hear that. Um, you got to do what saying, you got to do, man. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not saying that it'll never come back. I'm not saying that right. it won't. I mean, maybe three maybe three weeks from now, maybe I'll go. You know what? We're back. Yeah. But because of what's going on in my personal life, I just can't, it's hard to explain. I can't see it. I definitely know how that is, man. Sometimes you have to just like take a step back and do you, man. Yeah. If I'm being again, brutally honest, completely honest here that I'm currently going through the worst time of my life. 
I mean, my entire, my entire 36 years. Um, and I'll give you, I'll tell you exactly what's going on. So that way when people watch this, they won't have to wonder anymore. Um, New Year's Eve night, my wife decided that she wanted to end our relationship. Oh, wow. So after, after nine years, um, and I will not speak poorly of her. Yeah. Um, but obviously you can understand the magnitude of that. And it was seemingly for me, from my perspective, completely out of the blue for her. It was not, obviously there are two, you know, there are two, two sides, two perspectives. Um, and I very quickly had to realize my part in this. Um, what, you know, again, there are two sides yep. and I know that I know that in order for a relationship of this seriousness to end that way, I had to look in the mirror and realize the things that were my fault. Um, and so because of that, I, because of, you know, kind of putting that big mirror up to myself, I realized that there are many things, some things I won't, I won't explain here, but I'll tell you mm -hmm. one of the things was my health. I avoid doctors like the plague. Same. Uh, and it seems to be a man thing. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know exactly. And I can tell you just from, for me, the reason that I avoid doctors is because I am fucked up and I know that. And I would, I, I've always told her and myself and anybody else that's been concerned about me that um, I would rather just kind of die unexpectedly rather than go to the doctor, get this diagnosis, find out I have 14 different kinds of cancer and then have to go through all that. You know what I mean? And, and that that's a lot of that is anxiety speaking, right? You know, anxiety tells you the worst story possible and um so i basically had gotten to the point where i had avoided the doctor so long when my anxiety had just taken over and just said here's the deal dude you can't go to the doctor he's like, go to the doctor they can tell you got cancer and then you're going to be on a hospital bed for the rest of your life you're not gonna be able to do anything you might as well just keep going the way you're going and eventually you'll fall and die that's ridiculous yeah and i know that that is one of the things that affected our relationship um so <laughs> after this happened I decided, all right, here's all of the things that I have not been doing or that I've been avoiding or things that I haven't taken care of in this relationship. I'm going to start facing them all and I'm going to start taking them all on head on. Um, if not for her and for my family, for me, because if this relationship is really going to be over, then I got to be better either way. Right. Yeah. And if it's not going to be over, if she, you know, if we decide that we can work this out, which is yet to be seen, then I got to be better. I can't be, I can't continue doing what I've been doing in this relationship. So I went to the doctor. Um, I, because of COVID, nobody's in the doctor right now. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get into basically everything. I got x-rays, MRIs, physical, everything all in one day. And I don't have cancer, <laughs> but um, I did find out that I'm suffering from rheumatoid arthritis in my neck. Okay. And potentially, and potentially other places in my spine. Um, with all of this self-reflection, I have realized a big reason why I have avoided a lot of things and not been who I really should and need to be is because I have lost my confidence because of my neck problems. So, you know, I have a hard time turning my head. And I feel like people notice that it's a noticeable thing. Now I've that again, that could just be anxiety telling me that that that's what's happening or that could be real. It doesn't really matter because 
it's a fact. My neck's fucked up. It just is what it is. Um, and now it turns out I probably won't be able to you know, fix it. I, I can stop it from getting worse. But rheumatoid arthritis, you can't really fix. Bones yeah. are fused together. Not much I can do about it. But um, <clears throat> it made me realize that not only is it affecting my relationship with my wife, it's affecting my relationships outside of that. It's, it affects my job as a, pod, as a podcaster. I am not as confident on that mic as I could be. Um, I'm constantly thinking about are, are that is that guest over there noticing that my neck's fucked up, you know, I'll be sitting, sitting there talking and they'll adjust their own neck. And I'm like, Oh, was that a reaction to them looking at my neck? Right. Again, again, anxiety, it's all ridiculous. But if that's going on in my head while I'm interviewing, you know what I mean? I get a lot of compliments. People say I'm a good interviewer. I think I'm a pretty good interviewer. Yeah. You're fantastic. Imagine, imagine how good I could be if I didn't have all that on my, you know what I mean? All that on my mind also. Right. So it's been affecting me there. And I think that could be a giant effect uh, as to why we haven't gotten further. Um, it's affected relationships. One of the, the one thing that kills me the most, which I have never talked about, I have not talked about yet publicly, which I'll talk about right now is I used my f having a family um, as an excuse to not be where I needed to be during the riots in Minneapolis. Because oh, wow. I 100% I had a responsibility to be there. Yeah. And I convinced myself that the reason I couldn't do that is because I have a family. I have kids. It's unsafe. I can't put myself in that danger. But the truth is, I was afraid to go down there because what if I had to run? I didn't feel like I could run. That's bullshit. I can run. My neck's just fucked up. But I convinced yeah. myself that this was a bigger deal than it was. What if a cop gets a hold of me? and snags me up and thinks because of, you know, the stiffness of my neck or back that I'm resisting. And now there's some, you know, you know, who knows what kind of, you know, you saw how they were handling people down there during that time. Right. Who knows what other injuries I could, you know, I could have sustained doing that. And that's the truth. And I'm yeah. saying it here for the first time. Now that is the truth. The truth is I feel like absolute dog shit. And I have for the past probably nine days because I realized I was lying to myself. Now I want to be clear. This was not intentional. I'm not intentionally lying to myself. I'm not going, right. I'm not making up stories. I'm it's, it's a, it's a, it's a product of anxiety. I've, I've been, I've also realized I've been dealing with anxiety since I was a child, Same. probably since I was five, five years old. And I didn't know that. This is why I posted the other day to pay attention to your anxiety yeah. because it's probably affecting parts of your life that you don't realize. That's interesting. I've had anxiety all my life and I've realized it since I was a kid so mm -hmm. I, I, th I find it really interesting. I've heard so many people tell their story about how they discovered that they have anxiety when they're adults. So mm -hmm. I, I have no idea. I, I mean, I relate to having severe anxiety, but I've always known about it since I was, you know, probably in middle school. I definitely have been, you know, I maybe I've known, but avoided. Yeah. Or, or pretended that that's what, you know, it's like, oh, every once in a while I have a panic attack or an anxiety attack. Yeah, but it's not like something that really affects my life on a day-to-day -day basis. No, that's wrong. It's been yeah. affecting me. There is a, there is a constant storm going on inside of my fucking mind and my heart, and it's never stopped. Shame. Probably, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm starting therapy next week just so I can try and unpack all this baggage and figure out really what the root of this is. But I imagine just based off of my own studies and research and just kind of thinking back, I, you know, it started when my dad left when my dad left when I was about five years old and um, 
created extreme unpredictability in my life. And I think that's where my anxiety comes from. And then on top of that, you carry that baggage with you from relationship to relationship. So I, I just want people got to You got to go deal with your shit. Absolutely. You have to, because, because you not only are you fucking up your own life, but you're potentially fucking up other people's lives. I'm over here. I'm responsible for, I got four kids. Like I'm responsible for their lives as well. And I truly believe that my anxiety is mostly to blame for my relationship going bad. And I didn't know it. I didn't realize it until now. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I didn't know, you know, my, my anxiety was holding me back from so many things, you know, things that she wanted to do that I would come up with excuses not to do just because it was in my mind. No, we can't do that. We have kids. It doesn't work. We can't go on a vacation. We don't have time. That's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And it's all things that I made up in my own mind. It's all stories. You know, my, my inner monologue has been bullshit for a really long time. Absolutely. Now I got to give her credit though as heartbroken as I am about it. And as much as I, you know, I'm hoping we can work it out. Um, if she didn't do this, I wouldn't be going through this awakening right now. Yeah. And I, who knows what, who knows what would have happened, dude. I honestly, arthritis probably, she might've, she really might have. I mean, yeah. I, she did. She did. She definitely did. I hope she can see that she did and we can come back together and, and uh, fix this together because there's definitely work to do. I don't think it's a weird thing to realize that this relationship that I've been so proud of for nine years and so like, I mean, I think other people have been envious of our, my relationship with my wife because it I looks bet. just so, it looks just so perfect and it has felt perfect for a really long time. But I'm realizing again, I'm not sure if it started in a healthy place and I don't think it's ever really been healthy. We've been leaning on each other and holding each other's baggage for nine years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I haven't dealt with this baggage. I don't need to deal with the baggage of my dad leaving when I was five. I have extreme abandonment issues that I've never dealt with. So right. when somebody says, Hey, I don't want to be with you no more. I take that shit extreme way more personal than I need to, because you know, often when someone says, Hey, I don't want to be with you anymore. It's not necessarily about you. It's more about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's Absolutely. something changed in them. So there it is, man. That's my, that's my story. And I just, people got to, people need to go. It's okay to go to therapy. Absolutely. It's okay to go unpack shit with a therapist. It's okay to, it's okay to talk about this shit. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's yep. okay to cry. All that shit is okay. We got to yep. get, we got to ask, we got to get past all that that macho tough guy shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just, and it it is, it is changing. It is getting better. Yep. But you know, it's specifically something in hip hop where it's like, dude. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Totally. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to feel shit. It's okay to feel shit. It's it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be hurt. You know what I mean? It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I really, really appreciate you sharing that with me, man. I mean, cause that's, that's huge, man. And I, I mean, obviously, like I, I'm sorry about you know your wife and stuff like that, but I really, really, really relate to the anxiety factor because anxiety, my own anxiety, has held me back and done so many things to where, like I'm not gonna go into full detail. I, I'm not comfortable enough yet to go quite there. But um, when I was, I didn't get my driver's license until I was 26 because of my anxiety. Mm. Um, I had such like 
just, I mean, in every aspect of my life, anxiety has affected everything. I mean, yep. even to the point where, like I, like I said, like I didn't, you know, I got my permit when I was like 16, but I didn't get my driver's license for 10 fucking years because <laughs> I was like deathly afraid for whatever reason I had like tricked myself into thinking that I couldn't drive. And, yep. you know, I, I finally got my license and like, it was like one of those things where I was like, what the fuck was I worried about? You know, but, but it, you know, it's things like that, that have like held me back in so many different aspects of my life. And yep. it's, it's now to where I'm, I'm finally like realizing, ex and, I, and I didn't really think about it until you mentioned how much you avoid, you know, stuff. Uh, like I have been avoiding so many different things in my life and that fucks shit up left and right. And that's one of the biggest issues with my girlfriend. I've been with my girlfriend for 10 years and you know, that the avoiding thing has been a huge, huge issue. I mean, from even gotta like, go, go, go do the shit that she wants to do, man. Yeah. Do it scared. Do it scared if you can. Cause yeah. there's been, I mean, I'm telling you, she's got, my wife got a whole bucket list of shit that we never did. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell me in nine, if I show it to you, you can't tell me that in nine years we couldn't get some of that shit done. Right. I couldn't go get, I couldn't go get on a damn horse. Or take a fucking dance lesson. Yep. Like dog, that shit I should have done. Well, see, I, I'm I should have done that. I'm the opposite with that. Like, like my girlfriend has extreme anxiety, so like I, okay. I get her to like travel and do you know do okay. the you know, bucket list type stuff. But my whole thing is like not going to the dentist for you know ten plus uh, years, you know, or yeah. you know going to the doctor to to get checked out certain things like. I, I had this this stomach issue that lasted for like four months last year, and she had to like beg me to go to the doctor, and like two thousand dollars in debt later, just to find out that it was like something that I I just needed to stop drinking kombucha because it was like messing with my gut a bunch, but yep. um but I mean so I really relate to the whole like putting things off and avoiding things and all that stuff, man. Because yeah, that's what I've been doing all my life, bro. So. Yeah. yeah, it's it. You have to you have to just face your issues head on. You have to have to have to. Yeah. And I'm and I'm and I'm proud to say that I'm doing all that now. I'm doing it all, man. I mean, it's 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 kind of wild. I think I actually I may have put it like a little bit too much on my plate too quickly, but I'm here now. I'm doing it. I'm reading. I'm reading. I'm writing. I'm uh, going to the doctor on a regular basis. I That's got weekly. Up weekly physical therapy now i'm like i told you i'm starting you know therapy for my anxiety in a week uh, i'm going to see your fucking rheumatoid specialist like dog i'm doing it all now i'm doing it all and it doesn't you know it ain't as it ain't as scary as i thought it was right i thought it was gonna be you know what i mean and, and in fact a lot of the like the pain that i've dealt with with like my, my spine and my neck and my back and stuff like a lot of that shit has subsided just because I went to the doctor, That's what's that up. shit affects, that shit affects you physically. Yep. Anxiety affects you physically Absolutely. as well. Like, Absolutely. There's no, it's, it's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yep. Anxiety can cause all kinds of shit, Absolutely. all kinds of shit. Yeah. I deal with that on a regular basis. I, I, I heard you also uh, had a coaching call with my boy Chance. Oh man. I'm telling you right now, that guy, I'm not sure if I should say that. All right. When I spoke to him, I was at a place where I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. I want to be clear. I'm okay now. Right. But at that moment, I was in a place where death didn't sound all that bad. I've it sounded there. a whole, sounded a whole lot easier. And, and, and the crazy part is 
I've been there as well, probably when I was like 15 years old. And, you know, that's a whole different 15. That's a whole different thing because you're yeah. going through all kinds of shit at 15. That's, right. You're going through body changes and you know what I mean? Like your girlfriend breaks up at 15. That's it. It's over. Yeah. Um, but I have not been there since then. And I was definitely feeling like not necessarily like I'm going to knock, I'm going to take myself out, but it didn't sound bad. Yeah. It didn't sound bad. Um, and so when I say that Chance York for sure changed my life, he may have saved my life as well. Um, and I don't know if he necessarily knows that either. So if he sees this, you know, he, he can have his he can have his reaction to it. Absolutely. Um, I hit him up. So the universe had kind of been pushing me in his direction already for, for months, long yeah. before any of this happened. Um but I think out of anxiety, again, I was probably afraid to reach out, probably afraid to hear or to do the, you know, whatever work came with whatever he was offering. I was afraid yep. to do that. I wasn't ready for that. Um, I was ta actually talking to Joe on the phone and I was pretty fucked up. I was sad, man. I was hurting. Mm -hmm. And Joe actually said, you should hit up, you should hit up Chance. And I was like, you know what? I should, because I've been meaning to and I've been wanting to why not now and honestly oh, like yeah. at the time i was kind of just looking for anything so while i was actually on the phone with joe i put him on speaker and i sent him a sent chance a message on facebook and he responded back with his his schedule for me to book him for an hour and i said i responded back and i just said look i'm gonna book you but is there any way we could just talk right now because i'm fucked up and i need help and he said absolutely i make i'll make time for you so he called me right away and if that man didn't talk me off a ledge, whew, I'll tell you what, he, he just spoke so much wisdom and so much gave me such a different outlook on what was happening. Um, man, it was probably, it was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life to get him up because it didn't matter. Even without the tragedy that I was going through, I've been seeing him regularly now. I've seen him since then. I've, I've met with him two times Dumb. and i've also joined i've also joined his uh his weekly group therapy or wellness sessions and yeah man it's uh he's an amazing dude and he's yeah, really he's absolutely. really just he's just scratching the surface on yep. what he's going to do in this world i agree man i've known chance uh we go way back uh to like 2005 i want to say um because okay. uh uh, my dude Eric Burton is a, was actually the guitarist in his band Parallax, and then when he, when he okay. started Crunchy Kids, uh, Eric Burton I think was the bassist of Crunchy Kids as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, I went to high school with with Eric, and um, me and Nemo and my buddy Mingy, we used to always go to their shows and stuff when they were first starting out. Um, so right away, like I was actually gonna end up uh, producing his first EP, but that never ended up happening. We only did like two okay. tracks that never got finished. But anyway, I've known Chance for a minute, and to like see his transformation over just the last few years with what he's doing with his coaching and all that stuff has just been huge. And yeah, he, uh, I did one of his calls, but we did it for this podcast for the second okay. episode. So, so that was really dope. So that's why I brought it up because I know that, you know, people listening to this are probably going to be familiar at that point. Reach out to him, people Yeah, hit him up. I don't care what you're going through. You, your yep. life, your life might feel perfect. Yep. I promise you he can, he can improve it. I promise. Yep. Absolutely. I feel like he's going to save so many people's lives 
and you know like because he works with kids too and um he's just he's he just is like you said like he's one of those force for change forces for good man i feel like he's gonna really do big things and in you know the healing world and all that stuff so man i can't i can't uh i can't compliment you enough for for you know hitting him up and um that's huge man yeah man he's become a cog in the wheel that is my support system that's another thing i found through all this is i have a i have a tremendous support system man i have the greatest the greatest friends on the planet greatest mom in the world like i yeah it's been yep yeah. Same here. I mean, my, my friends and family have, have really been what's gotten me through everything, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so I really, really relate to that. Um, and yeah, man, I, I thank you so much for sharing that with me, man. I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you opening up to me and, Absolutely. you know, it, just getting yourself help and knowing that you need help is, is just huge, man. And we all need help. dude. Yep. We all need help. Yep. There's Absolutely. no doubt about it. Yeah, all of us i agree yeah and i yep. think that if you can ever get get to a place where you're you know you're back on the wiseman show and stuff like that you know because i know just speaking from somebody that's just been observing you um you like i said like you guys have been very instrumental in the hip-hop scene and you you are you guys are necessary voices you guys do a lot for a lot of people and um i i, I want to thank you and a you know just just thank you for all the support that you've given everybody and just for being that dude, you know, just for being that sort of like, cause I don't, I don't think I would be doing this if it weren't for, you know, people like you, you know, like, wow. that's um, amazing. I mean, I've been like recording podcasts and stuff for other people and editing podcasts, but you know, you guys are like a huge influence with, when it comes to that stuff. So I'll never, I'll never get used to hearing that yeah. ever promise you. I will never get a lot of people told me like, I mean, I hear that from people that I didn't even I like didn't even know they knew who we were, and it's like, what? Right. Yeah. How is that possible? Like, uh, who's at the? There's a couple of young ladies that have a podcast going right now. I forget what it's called. Um, I found out about it on Clubhouse actually. I can't remember what the name of it is, but we were in a club. I was in a clubhouse room one day, and she started talking about how we're like. They look at us like we're their big brothers, and I'm like, I don't even know who you are. Wow. That's that's like incredible that you feel it. She's like, Oh my God. She's like, you guys are like the first people to do this ever. Yeah. You're the most inspirational people in the, in the music scene. And I'm like, that's crazy. That's dope. I mean, that's powerful shit to hear. And like, that's the kind of stuff. And like what you're saying now that makes it really tough for me to even say something like the Wiseman show might be done. Right. But I also, I'm in a place right now where I know, you know, you said, you said, you said, thank you for being that dude. And that triggered something in my mind. And it made me realize that what I need a break from is being that dude. Yep. I, I really do. I, I just, I need a break from being that dude so I can focus on who that dude is. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I totally. need, I need to, I need to figure out who I am. You know, not to say that like I've been sitting around here lying to everybody. I'm, I am hip hop to the core. Yeah. I mean, to the, to the core, Same. that will never change. That yep. will never change. But, but internally there's, there's a storm going on. There's a battle going on and I got to sift through all the ash and all the mud and all the fucking carnage to figure out how I can be the best me possible. And at that point, at that point, I will be able to come back. I'll tell you what, at that point, 
if and when I come back, you're gonna be a beast, bro. A beast. These motherfuckers better watch it. <laughs> straight they up. Thought, they thought straight I was up. honest before. It's gonna be a problem. It's yep. gonna be a big problem. Yep. Because I'm I'm removing fear, and I won't lie. I definitely operate with a little bit of fear because yeah. I want people to like me for right. one. I do care about that, whether people think that or not. I don't want to get fucking uh, Charlemagne. Can I get a drop somewhere in the street? Yeah. I don't want to get pulled up on at a show and get beat up for saying some shit that some rapper didn't like. I don't want that. But I'm letting go of fear now. Yeah. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. I'm getting rid of all that fear shit. So it's going to be some no holds barred shit. 100%. For real. Yep. Yeah. And man, I, I hope that that you get to that point, man. Um, and I, I, I think you will, man. I, I think I think you're on the right path. I think you're on the right, you know, the right. You're taking the right steps to get to that point, man. And I, just, I, I know that I am for yeah. sure. Yeah, and and it's great to hear you say that. And I think just to even be able to feel comfortable. I mean, because we've never really we've never spoken face to face before. I mean, to to be able to tell that to a relative stranger. I mean, that's that's huge man that's that, that takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of um strength and that take i think that takes even growth to even do that you know For to sure. even i agree feel comfortable to be able to do that man so i mean you're well on your way man and you know i i just i just hope that you keep it up and you know I, you can hit me up anytime i mean like literally anytime like you you know you need somebody to to listen or talk or even come on here again man i mean like you're you're welcome anytime, man. Cause cause like I said, man, you you're you're a huge influence. You're um you're a great dude, and like I really I really appreciate you. I, I just appreciate you, dude. So thank you, man. I, it's up, man. it's good to hear all that. It's it's really nice to hear that stuff. Like it really it uh compliments are going a long way these days. I need yeah. you know I need I need to hear that stuff. So thank you for saying all that, and thank you for inviting me on the show. And hell yeah, man. Uh, you know thanks for doing what you do and honestly like this felt like a therapy session so yeah no doubt thanks that, for that's, the thanks for that's the what i've kind of realized yeah uh, that's <laughs> and that's what i kind of look at myself as i mean especially with this this is why i started this this is what like this episode is exactly why i wanted to do this because i wanted to because i i i talked to so many different people i mean every single person that i've ever had be a part of nice entertainment minus a few maybe go through anxiety go through depression um you know, I even have uh, an artist that that came out to me. I mean, one of my closest artists came out to me a couple years ago, um, and like I've just always kind of been that dude. You know, that like everybody can kind of confide in and and talk to. And you know, I I've, I I notice all these these talented ass people that you know have all these different hurdles and mental setbacks and things that they're working on about themselves and. I, I feel like talking about it really just helps out. And then it gives, you know, a lot of people, other people like, oh, I can relate to that. You know, I, oh, I went through that. So, man, like, thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Hell yeah, man. Well, thank you again, man. And uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And don't, I don't, don't follow me anywhere because I'm probably going to delete social media. So, oh, word. <laughs> okay. Stay off my social media. Don't look at my shit. Word. Well, I, <laughs> I got your number, so we'll keep a contact over text then. I'm sorry, I didn't mean you. I'm talking about oh, them. word. The people, okay, the viewers, the viewers. <laughs> okay. Don't don't follow me. Follow word. the Wiseman Show though. Follow the Wiseman Show. Yes, follow the Wiseman Show. You know, listen to all the episodes. Like what, two hundred plus? You guys got two two twenty six, I think. And hopefully, we'll be back at some point. 
Hell yeah, even man. if it's not, even if it's not with me, maybe Joe will continue with another another host or something. But follow the Wiseman Show. Give the Wiseman Show the the credit it deserves. Hell yeah, cool man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Have a great night, man.